Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Uh, people Walnut Grove, come closer. Fuck you guys. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer, born in 1997. This is an old joke, and people are really going to get sick of it. Like, I'm really sick of it. Go on, old spinster, reveal your age. (laughs) I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974, and proud of it. Yeah, okay. Um, Jen, before we go any further, speaking of spinsters, can we address the Miss Beetle hooking up with Jim Morrison? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. Good for her. Good for her. Like, she is a hero now. Oh, my God. Well, she, yeah. She's a looker. So, I'm not I so mean, bad. she clearly didn't have her glasses on when she was hooking up with Jim Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. All right. Today, we're going to continue our look at Little House on the Prairie with season four. Episode one, Castoffs. Jen? This is written by Tom Caden, new writer. New writer. New blood. New, new, new blood. graduate of the MFA program. <laughs> and directed by Michael Landon. And the description reads, Laura is shocked and devastated to find her beloved dog, Jack, dead in the barn. After an emotional burial, Charles brings home a stray named Bandit to curb his daughter's pain, but Laura refuses to bond with the new dog. Meanwhile, the Walnut Grove townspeople have mixed reactions to the idea of welcoming an eccentric new town person into their church community. Okay. We got a little beeping in your background, Jen. It is a Friday afternoon. Stuff's going on out it's there. Okay. It's all right. Yeah. Okay. And the, with the snow on the street, there's mm-hmm. just constant fights and blocking of traffic. So there's constant. I don't know if you heard the national news. Our local news made national news. KP was telling us in her neighborhood. The the shooting over the parking spot? Yeah, somebody shot somebody over a parking spot. I mean, I've I've seen some heated shit out here over parking (laughs) spots. Wow. Because they shoveled the whole thing out. But it's on the street. It's not like it's your parking spot. They shovel the thing out, they leave, and then someone parks in it 10 seconds later, and then they're pissed. It's a whole thing. Mimi's, be safe. Be safe when you park in your cars. <laughs> I think everybody's is a little on edge. Everybody's a little on edge. Okay, Jen, um, I just want to say right off the bat, the title is better. This is a better one. You seem to like one word titles. Is that, do you just not like a lot of words in the title? I don't mind a lot of words, but this okay. one is, 
it it fits. Yeah, sure. I'm also Team Bandit. I'm just coming out right now as Team Bandit. I have a nickname for Bandit. We'll discuss that later. All right, Jen. We open on Laura and Jack. Jack is looking rough. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine what diseases this dog has. I mean, he's galore. He's got to be pretty old by now I for mean, a dog. Think, think of what this dog has been through. Well, he just got dragged under the wagon for a 400-mile trip. To Gold Country. Yeah. <laughs> Laura rushes through her chores, and she's trying to head into town, but Caroline tells her she needs to pull the foxtails from Jack's ears. Is that like pickers? I assume. Pickery yeah. things? Okay. Something stuck in his fur. And she like does this big like he's your dog and you just can't cast him aside like old clothes. Jen, do you cast your old clothes aside? No, I put them in a bag and I drop them <laughs> off at the Salvation Army or right, whatever. Right, right. I, I mean, eventually, but like. And are we not handing them down to Carrie? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. They would be handing them down to exactly. Carrie. Somewhere else, we see a rando. Rando, rando alert, rando. With a crow on her head, sweeping <laughs> an open air home with a broom. Amazing. <laughs> Jenny, I have to say, I'm getting Jenny vibes from her. I don't know why. I just feel <laughs> like when you're 80, you'll be sweeping a dirt floor with no walls and thinking there's things there. I just wrote, who is this lovely woman with a crow on her head? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Olsons walk by and Harriet's appalled. They're walking on their way to church. Well, where are they going, Jen? They're going to church. To oh, is it a meeting? meeting? It's a meeting. About whether or not to let her into their congregation. This these is my people, whole problem. This is my whole problem. people should be ashamed of themselves. Yep. Ashamed. Yep. This is the okay. whole problem with a lot of religions. Like, this should not be a question if you truly believe in Christianity. Correct. Reverend Alden wants to invite this mysterious woman into the congregation, but Harriet is like, What's next, Reverend? Then we'll all be sweeping floors where walls don't exist. We can't let people live outside. What? It's the old slippery slope thing. First of all, there is an inch thick piece of lumber between this woman and everyone else in that room. (laughs) Right? Like, that's the only difference. Yep. Yep. So Beetle speaks up and says that she looks harmless. Our champion, Miss Beetle. No, but then what does she say? But Walk out through to the other I'm side. I'm worried about the kids. Oh, she does say she's worried about she the kids. She hides behind the shield of the kids. I have she no say, respect for that. Come on, baby, light my fire. Oh, <laughs> I have no respect for hiding behind the kids. Me either. Reverend Alden is pushing back, but Harriet reminds him, Jen, he only stays in Walnut Grove two days out of the month. What? The thing that kills me is, like, they were fine with the calendars coming into the church. No problem. What do they think this woman's going to do? <laughs> No idea. Like she's just an old woman. Like they're they're just so afraid of something that appears different. Well, Harriet is. I yeah, think everybody yeah. else would have allowed it. There was some vote a couple of times that resulted in a no. But were they afraid of Harriet? Hmm. They should have had a secret vote. They should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they should have spoken up. If it's all of them against Harriet, what's Harriet going to do? Harriet's like we would have to live with that that creature every day. Unbelievable. <laughs> She's she's harsh. Reverend Alden says since the property's abandoned, she has every right to stay there. And Harriet's like, all right, let's see how this plays out. Like Harriet says something about she's not going to be able to stay there in the winter. Yeah, like maybe maybe take your Christian values and figure out how to house her for the winter so mm-hmm, she doesn't mm-hmm. suffer outside. Um, last I knew, there was a bachelor shack free. 
put her in there <laughs> with, the, with the rum shack. Okay. Meanwhile, Laura's losing her patience with Jack. He wants to play and won't let her clean his ears. Laura says, screw it and leaves for town. He's a hot mess. Jack is a hot moppy mess. So Laura's in a hurry to go where? She wants to meet up with apparently her arch nemesis, Nellie. She is in a hurry to butt into someone else's business. <laughs> that is what she's in a hurry They for. all butt into this woman's business. She, Laura's living for it, though. You can tell. It's Nellie, Willie, and Mary. And it's very Amos Pike. Like, they're all meeting yeah. up and, and, you know, seeing the weirdo. I have to say, like, Mary has gotten older. Like, a, that mm-hmm. she's on that age where, like, the years difference. Like, she looks like a woman now. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. The kids, well, she was almost married last year. Good point. <laughs> the kids sneak up on this woman, and the crow starts going nuts. Laura brought her flowers. Okay. They they came to welcome the woman, and she tells them to come in, even though there's literally no house. And then she starts, like, opening the fake door. She gets weird, guys. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying she's not weird, but she is harmless. Yeah. Yeah, she's a harmless 100%. Weird. Like, you're going to fucking throw an 80-year-old woman out. She's already out. <sighs> Jesus. Um, I wrote, Jen, I don't know if I like the way this show handles mental illness. Oh, no, they don't handle it well at all. No. They, they just other the person yep. until, yep. you know, they're runoff. The woman introduces herself to the kids as Kiza? Is it Kiza? Kiza. Kiza Horn. And her bird is or Parrot Kizia. Polly. Kizia? Kizia. Kizia. And her bird is Parrot Polly. I have an index card. Okay. I'm um, Parrot Polly? No. So the crow talks. The crow does talk. That's why she calls her Parrot Polly. Okay. Can a crow talk? Can crows talk like parrots? Oh God, I hate birds so much. This is this okay. So I had a lot going on this week, so I threw this together. In all fairness, ten minutes. I totally forgot to do an index card, which is so unlike me. I that just, is unlike just, you. Well, I'll write questions in the margins of my notebook, oh God, and then I'll go back imagine. and I'll do the index card. But I was like so stressed out yesterday that I didn't do the index card. So um, I I just pulled one of the questions right before and did this. So uh, it's brief. Okay, good. Yes, crows can mimic speech similar to that of a parrot. That's not the end of it. (laughs) Crows can also recognize human faces. Oh. And other physical attributes. They can also discriminate between human voices. When presented with a familiar voice versus an unfamiliar voice, they show more interest in the unfamiliar voice. Can you guess why that is? Because they're evil birds and they're drawn to strangers? Oh my God, I love crows. I hate birds, but I love crows. Okay. No, we they think they still need more research on this topic and whose life is this? But they what they think is that um because that's a new human and they don't know it, it's less predictable and it's a threat. So they're oh. just they're just more aware of it. A new study suggests it's not just individual people that a crow can hear the difference between, but entire languages. So like if they speak Dutch to it, they know that's a different language than Japanese, than Icelandic. And that's on the Corvid research blog. That's where that came from. But I love, I hate, I notoriously hate birds. Like I fucking hate birds. I hate them. I Good. mean, I live in a we city. We see the same, we're on the same page with this. I live in a city with pigeons. I'm just saying birds are, it's, but I do like crows. Are we going to do the movie, The Crow? I love the movie, The Crow. I love the movie too. Yeah. That's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, That was like nine. That was later though. Not that much later. No. 
That had to be like after 95. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was after 94, definitely. I don't know. It was mm. like I I do like crows. Oh, okay, I'll I get hate, you one for Christmas. But I hate every other bird on earth. I'll get you a crow for Christmas. Okay. Okay. I'll just leave it at your house. <laughs> nope. I leave. Timmy will be like, why is there a crow flying around? <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. Kezia offers the kids coffee. Well, Willie wants coffee. And then it's a little dismayed when he realizes it's going to be imaginary coffee. I guess to go with this cigar. <laughs> so she's like, she is fully committed to this imaginary house. Yep. Going yeah. in the cabinets, showing people cups. The kids are like, okay, let's roll with this. <laughs> Except for Nellie. <laughs> Did you see Nellie's face? <laughs> oh my God, it was so great. The three kids are like going along with it and smiling. Nellie's like, what the fuck is happening? The best though is then they gaslight Nellie. They really do. <laughs> they really do. Okay. So the girls come home and tell Caroline that Kezia Horn has read their tea leaves, Jen. And Mary is going to raise a big family bigger than theirs. And Laura nope. is going to travel far and wide. And none of those things happen. And Carrie is licking the cake that they're making. <laughs> it's gross. More on Carrie later. It's gross. <laughs> Caroline yells at Laura about Jack's ear. She's like, I know you skipped out on picking those things out of Jack's ear. Get out there and do it. So Laura goes outside and Jen, we have shirtless paw. This was ridiculous. There was no reason. There's again, Laura's wearing long sleeve wool outfit. (laughs) Everyone else's paw is half naked. You didn't even. You didn't even have to tell me that Michael Landon directed this because I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) And and there's a couple scenes like when he opens the barn door, it's like the lights like gleaming off his chest. He is so greased up. It looks like a Fabio novel cover. Like he's tanned. He's all tanned. I'm here for it. Oh. All right. So Laura tries to find Jack and she finds him dead in the barn and she yells for Paul, who's all greased up and shirtless. <laughs> he confirms, Jen, Jack is dead. I mean, I can't imagine this dog had a long life ahead of him. He was like a mop in the corner, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Charles admits that Jack traveled so many miles and across so many rivers, he was tired. Well, we know he almost got murdered a couple times crossing rivers. You couldn't put him in the fucking wagon? Charles? Yeah, this is his fault. Jesus. Laura immediately feels guilty, and Charles is once again tasked with burying a dead body. And I wrote, does Charles burying someone have to go on the bingo card? (laughs) It might have to. It might have to. It's been a lot. And I just wrote, Jack is dead. What am I going to do with my time now? (laughs) You're going to listen to me obsess over how cute Bandit is. Oh, God. Okay. This is Laura's crushing guilt episode 9,807. Right? Like, Jack's dead and it's my fault because I didn't pick the things off his ears. Like, every this poor girl with the guilt. You turn she was raised Catholic. I know. All right. The next day, it's time for church, and the girls spot Kezia and wonder why she's not coming to church. Jen, why isn't she coming to church? Someone said she's a heathen. Yes. Harriet walks by and says, Was it Harriet? Oh, I didn't realize it was Harriet that said it. She's a heathen. (sighs) No, no. She wants to go to the church. You didn't invite her to the church. That doesn't make her a heathen. I know. First of all, what's the burned out house next to the church? I don't know. Right? That's so random. <laughs> now we have rando sets. Yeah, like it's and it's 
literally right next to the church. It was never there. It was never supposed there. to be a road. Yeah, it was never, there's a road there because that's the road that the crazy guy trying to pick up Mary came down that Nell's dog ran up. Like yep. what? Yep. It's, it's like a random yep. shift in the universe. It's and really now there's weird. a house there. Really weird. Um, Charles is looking at Kezia concerned, mainly because he's probably like, is this a problem I'm going to have to fix? <laughs> right, exactly. And then as church continues, Jen, the writers and the director let us know, like, Kezia is not a heathen because she's praying. So she's okay. She's on her knees praying. So she's fine. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. All right. Next, we see Charles. What's he doing? His favorite pastime, throwing some seed Going around. around bags seed. <laughs> Schlepping seed. <laughs> And a stray, beautiful border collie is lurking around. Now, my dogs are both border collies. Oh, Lord. Here we I go. I love this dog. Well, but this one, so this one, like, Nellie's part border collie, right? Okay, don't confuse everyone. Nellie is my dog. We're not yes. talking about Nellie Olson. <laughs> I, I think people could figure out that I'm not talking about <laughs> Nellie Olson, but okay. So, my dogs are Nellie and Lafayette Beetle. Right. Nellie is part border collie, part, uh, help me. Australian cattle dog? No, no, no. That's not what she is? Oh, my God. Great Pyrenees. Oh, Which okay. are big, big yeah. white dogs. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's Nellie. So Nellie's has a white body and a little black head. Mm-hmm. Lafayette Beetle is full border collie with a little bit of Australian Shepherd. And he's all black with a little white stripe on his head. So I, I moved to call... This dog, Bandit, reverse Lafayette Beetle. Because <laughs> he's white with the black and Lafayette nope. Beetle is the opposite. Mm-mm. And we could just say um, RLB for short. No, he's reverse Bandit. Lafayette, reverse Lafayette Beetle. <laughs> no. Because he kind of acts like Lafayette Beetle. A little bit. Yeah, Guys, Lafayette Beetle is out of control. We he's just out of control. He's like Charles Jr. Carl's Jr. I mean, not Charles Jr. Not He's again. like Carl's Jr. Like, he just wants to light shit on Although fire. How about they did what he did last night? Oh, so <laughs> I was putting my, I collect Fiesta wear, and I was putting my dishes in the dishwasher, and I had all my Fiesta wear in the bottom shelf. Lafayette Beetle rips the whole rack out of the dishwasher, <laughs> and it's like, kush, kush, kush. I was on the phone with Jenny. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm screaming. <laughs> It was so loud. And then he ran with his tail between his legs. Of course. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing dog, though. Yeah, Border Collies are super smart. He's kind of an asshole. Whatever. Okay. The dog, Jen, literally hitches a ride on Charles' wagon. Well, it's so funny because they're going down the street and the dog pops out. And Charles like, oh, ha, ha. I'm like, I would have had such a different reaction to this. <laughs> I would have slammed on that brake. I would have jumped off the carriage. I would have started <laughs> screaming. Like, it, it would startle you. Yeah, Charles was not startled. No, not at all. He was like, oh. Charles rattles easily. A random dog on my sled or whatever it is. <laughs> a sled. What is it? His coach? I don't know. His wagon? Is. Look, I, I left the house today. That was a lot. That was a lot for me to deal with. That was with. a lot for you to handle. Yeah. I know. Okay. All right, Jen, now we're at Doc Baker's. I didn't love this episode because I felt like it just jumped around randomly. Now we're at Doc Baker's and we finally meet Jonathan Garvey. Jonathan Garvey. Mm-hmm. I like and him. I, think I like funny. him too. He's having issues with his back and Doc Baker basically tells him, to have his wife, Alice, rub it. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's all he's got. That's all Baker's got. Okay. Back to Charles and Bandit. 
Well, you know that back pain. Like I know the exact back pain. Like it's when you bend over, you pick up something heavy and like yep. it just, it just, you just have to rest it. There's nothing you can really do. I mean, you I could do some kind of painkillers. I had a little bit, guys. I'm in Northeast Pennsylvania. We got almost 30 inches of snow God. on Wednesday, Tuesday into Wednesday, 30 inches of snow. So from, yeah, from shoveling, my yeah. back was feeling that way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So back to Charles and Bandit. Caroline, Mary, and Carrie are all excited to see the new dog, but Laura is sulking in the barn and wants nothing to do with him. Well, but this is classic. This is why he's reverse Lafayette Beetle, because this is classic Lafayette Beetle, where he's trying to lick your face off and you hate him and you want him to die. And he's licking your face off. That's very specific. <laughs> okay. Later at dinner, we see Bandit trying to open the door because Border Collies are so smart. He's like literally trying to turn yeah, the doorknob totally. to get in. He comes in and they discuss naming him. Oh, God, Carrie. Is Carrie running things now? Oh, Carrie says they should name him Tom because apparently that's the only name she knows. It's the only name she knows because that's what the, the ill-fated turkey was named. <laughs> okay. And then she says... Sally North has a dog named Tom, and Mary's like, uh, no, Sally North has a cat, you moron. <laughs> so, so Carrie is like 10. She doesn't know the difference between cats and dogs. Oh, like, my what? God. You know what I what I remembered, though, was that she's twins. That, yes. that character is paid, played by twins. Is, is there one that's worse than the other? Or, I don't know. Like, I, I can't really tell when one is. We have to pay attention to see if we could tell when. Like First of all, was. she's eight. She's not ten. Okay. Did your kids know the difference between cats and dogs at eight? I feel like you know the difference between cats and, and dogs. The at difference eight. when they were like two. <laughs> okay. They're really okay. different animals. I just have wow, wow. <laughs> like, do they write her this? Why are they writing her like this? I don't know. If I were the actress, I'd be like, I'm not saying this shit. <laughs> yeah, she's probably like, like super well read and shit. She's probably, like, why are you making me talk like this? <laughs> okay, so Paul suggests Bandit. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Bandit is all over Laura, licking her face, crying, and I wrote, "This is me when I'm trying to teach from home." Yesterday, I had to teach two classes in the morning, and then I was in a class at night. Lafayette Beetle the entire time, squeaky toys, biting, crying at my leg. I live in this house with three other human beings. He doesn't talk to any of them. <laughs> it's only me. That's because you indulge him. That's because you indulge him. I know I have to start doing something. You just have to pretend he doesn't exist. Yeah, but then when I do that, he like chews my front door and shit. No, it's just the front door. God. <laughs> Let's have you worry about that. Oh, all right. So Laura gets up and leaves. She's like, I hate this. She show. is Bye. being a capital B. She's being a capital B. She totally I agree. is. I agree. Okay, Jen. I also noticed that she goes up the ladder mm-hmm. and reverse Lafayette Beetle can't get up the ladder. No. So Could can Jack? Timmy? No, dogs can't get up ladders. Yeah, dogs can't get up ladders. So can Timmy build me a little loft like in your living room that I can watch <laughs> TV from with a ladder that the dogs can't come near me? Maybe. I'll can check. Can Timmy get that going? I'll check. I'll check. Maybe we could just make you like a moat around the couch with like burning lava. <laughs> like the dog would get through that. Lafayette Beetle would get through that. He would jump over it. Yeah. Okay. Back at the mill, we have, I don't know why this scene is in here. I have no idea. I think it's great. It's entertaining. It's it's entertaining as hell, but I have no idea. (laughs) 
At the mill, Jonathan Garvey is complaining about his back, and he says he needs to take his medicine and pulls an Edwards, goes over to the water drinking barrel, which is full. When he opens it, you see the water. Yep. Yep. And he pulls out a a like a wine bottle size yeah. of whiskey. Yep. Okay. He's drinking the whiskey when Narc Mary comes along and starts. Oh my god, I would kill her. <laughs> He turns around, and when he does, he, like, accidentally tips the bottle upside down, and it's pouring into the barrel, and the whole time, Mary's striking up a big conversation. She wants to know what's in the what's in the bottle. He's like, it's- I'm drinking medicine. She's like, that's a big medicine bottle. He's like, well, I'm a big guy. Like, get out of here, narc. <laughs> you think, like, there was a drinking problem at the mill. Like, why? All this drinking on the job at the mill. And how's Edwards missing out on this hooch? I know. I Where's know. he? I, I would think his hooch alarm would go off. Did you get what um, Jonathan said when she startled him? No. Jumping Jehoshaphat or something. Wow. <laughs> Some no, I word that. that I had to rewind three times. It's J-E-H-O-S-O-P-H-A-T. Okay. Jehoshaphat or Jehoshaphat. I don't know. Oh, sounds biblical. I don't, know. I don't know what it was. And then I wrote, oh, my God, is Charles going to get drunk by drinking the water? Is my dream going to come true? <laughs> Spoiler alert, it doesn't. Okay. The girls are heading to school, and Kezia is, air quote, hanging clothes. <laughs> Was she know. hanging actual clothes? No. Oh, because she, she has clothes. She right, but she was clothes. faking it. And here's my question to you, Jenny. If you were fake living... <laughs> Would you be doing fake chores or would you be fake relaxing? I'd be fake relaxing. (laughs) I'd be like fake playing a grand piano. Right. I'd be like fake sitting back with a fake like martini. I'd be like fake flying a plane. Like I'd be doing all the things I can't do. I wouldn't be fake doing laundry. Jesus Christ. Enough of that going on. All right. Now Laura's coming to school and Bandit's following her. And I have a lot of questions here. Okay. As somebody who recently got a puppy and lives on a big open space, how does this dog not just run off? I don't know. I feel like Lafayette Beetle is always trying to run off. It, that's my point. Well, maybe he just like this wants dog to escape has, here. This dog has been with them one day. He likes Laura. Okay, but then he's back at home when she kicks him out. You how said they're smart. Back? You said they're so smart. This is unrealistic. Okay unrealistic but just to prove my point we're gonna reenact this with nelly and arlo or lafayette beetle nelly okay you're gonna <laughs> let them free in your yep when you come in i'm gonna take nelly <laughs> and i'm gonna walk two miles into town and then i'm gonna tell her to turn around and go home okay okay we'll see if she does and i'll just wait at home to see if she shows up yeah yeah okay. yeah okay i'll just have a glass of wine on the front porch and wait here. <laughs> no i want you fake doing laundry <laughs> Nellie and Willie then decide they're going to pile on. Like Laura's yelling at Bandit to go home and they come out and they start going, Laura's dog is ugly as a hog. Laura's dog is that what they're is saying? It's a hog. Yes. They, meanwhile, they had a bloodhound, which is gross. But I can't figure out their friendship. Like just the other day, they I all know they don't have a friendship. Kids. They have like a, they're frenemies. <sighs> what the heck? But why is Laura, like, just ignore the dog. Like, she's causing this big scene. And I almost slapped her. Like, it was really annoying. Like, it was shut annoying. up. So Jonathan Garvey now heads over to Kezia's. Because in Mary's annoying long conversation, she was like, you should go ask Kezia 
for some tips on like your like a homeopathic. He's running a wellness center over there. Like a homeopathic remedy, which the woman has fucking nothing. So I don't know what you're asking her for, but okay. She's running a homeopathic She's center. running something. So he heads over there and she diagnoses him as having rheumatism. Like way more advanced than what Doc Baker's doing over there. (laughs) And she tells him exactly what to do, like what to put on it, what to do. Like we need her in this town. She's a better doctor. (laughs) Back at the mill, we learn that Hanson went homesick and we see Nels drunk. Okay. Now (laughs) Nels is wasted. Okay. Now I have a phoned in index card. (laughs) Oh, oh, people are phoning in index cards. Who the hell is stepping on my territory? Okay, so our number one fan, Ely. Okay, here, this is what I have, all right? I did the math, in case you're wondering, about the water to whiskey ratio. It's about one ounce of alcohol to every 160 ounces of water. Nobody could get drunk on that. I'm I'm assuming it's a full barrel, which would be 4,000 ounces. Could be half a barrel of 2,000. Then it would be 80 to 1 ratio. Consider this my (laughs) post-it. Yeah. There's no, like, even though Nels doesn't drink at all, there's no way he's going to get drunk on that. That's like, there's there's probably more alcohol in cough medicine. Yes. Yes. You're probably right. So Nels is loaded. Loaded. Like falling down, and Charles comes across him, and he's like, "Are you all right?" And we also learned that this brought Hanson down. Hanson yeah, was drinking Hanson the water, sick. and he's down. He's sick, quote unquote. He was dizzy. <laughs> and I'm like, "Come on, Charles, drink some of that water." I mean, Charles oh, has to know that Nels is drunk, but he probably doesn't know why. He probably right. just like, "Why does Nels suddenly drink?" Okay, I bet no one wants Charles to get drunk as much as Caroline. Oh, my God. She would probably love him to get trashed and lose all inhibitions. I mean, how fun would that be? Send the kids to she town. She would probably hate that. She hates that. She, she would hate that. Maybe. Okay. We're very different. All right. Um, later, we see Laura now, Jen, doing just, real laundry. Can we, just, can we just say about Nels that he's drunk as a lumberjack on payday? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Later, we see Laura doing real laundry. And Bandit is trying to bond with her. Okay. He cannot read the room, this dog. Yeah, it's just weird. And and I don't know, again, how this dog is sticking around. He's, he's been literally chasing people. his own tail. He's been with these people one day. Although he might be the perfect dog for Laura because he is up in everyone's business. That's true. Well, that That's might be true. the perfect match for her. Very true. That night at church, Charles and Reverend Alden are closing up after the meeting in which the town decided not to let Kezia into the congregation. How Christian of them. Reverend Alden has failed here, and here's why. Like, where was the guilt? He should have laid some motherfucking guilt down on these people. You're right. Well, he does later, and I'm going to well, get Laura to Laura does later. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. I have a new term I coined. <laughs> oh, great. He finds Nels snoring and passed out on one of the pews. Now, a couple questions here. Nels comes to, and I, I have a question. Like, Harriet just left without him? I guess. I guess she just left him there. Okay. Right. The best, though, I thought this was a funny scene, though, because Reverend Alden has this whole, like, like, I can't deal with any more of these people and they're fucking bullshit. Like, when he hears the snoring, he's just like, what now? You can tell he's like, what the fuck? And then Nels leaves and he's just like, God. 
I thought that they were only going to be there, or I thought Reverend Alden was only there two days a month. Seems like he's there a lot more to me. It's, and like, as we've learned rewatching this, like being the reverend of a congregation is a big job in these days. Well, okay. So if he's, he's only a therapist, in town, he's a mediator, he's everything. He's an instigator. He's public number, enemy that. number one. I mean, I didn't say he was good at any of those things, but the, <laughs> that falls under his, his so domain. So if he's only in town two days a week, who gives the sermon the other two Sundays? What do you mean? Harriet said he's only in town two days a month. I'm sorry, two days a month. Oh, um, who gives the sermon the I other think two? Charles does some of the time, doesn't I think it's he? Charles. Yeah, I think it. Want he wants to it. Michael Landon wants us to think it's Charles. Yeah, whatever. Reverend Alder vi- is visiting Kezia the next day and tells her she isn't welcome in the church. Kezia says she's 80 years old. I have to pause here and find out how old this actress is. She how was old born in, she was born in 1906. Thank you. She's 72. She looks good. I think she looks really good for Unlike, 72. Um, like Sims, who's like yeah. 107. Or well, usually we look them up and they're 50. She's actually 72. I think she looks really good. She's she looks really good. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, so she's outlived two husbands. She says she knows where she's not wanted, and she's going to pack up her shit and go. And Reverend Alden, like, he doesn't smile because he just kicked this woman out, but like he smiles because she just has such a great spirit and is taking it so well, and it makes Fuck him you. feel less guilty. And she kind of says something like, "I'm not trying to make you feel better about this," or I forget what she says, but yeah. she's not mincing words. Uh, people Walnut Grove, come closer. Fuck you guys. Well, they have something to learn from the children of Walnut Grove. Yes, they do. Uh, the next morning for church, Laura goes early to visit with Kezia, and guess who follows her? Bandit. Reverse Lafayette Beetle. <laughs> sure. She stops to yell at him to go home, and Kezia, Kazia, I don't know what the fuck her Kezia, name is. Kezia, I think her name is. Kezia, sees it. Laura visits with her, and Kezia tells her she had two husbands, Jen, Whiskey Jack and Smiling Willie Horn. It's Whiskey Jake and Smiling Willie Horn. Sorry. She sounds like, they sound like fun people, it sounds like. They do. Like, remember that old lady who Johnny Cash brought back from the dead? (laughs) She had, like, a crazy husband. (laughs) Kezia basically tells Laura to buck up and love the dog. And Kezia makes the parallel that she's being running out of town and Laura's running bandit off in the same way. Yeah. She Mm -hmm. lays some guilt down in Mm -hmm. in the right way. Laura's like, you're right. I need to love bandit. She finds him in a meadow. He sees her and runs off. Finally, he comes back. Thank you for wasting three minutes of my time. Well, no, this was great because I was like, what if Fred showed up? Because they're like in that same meadow. What you do? <laughs> Fred is but, long gone. But let's just say bandit is Mother Debbie Don. Like he is, he <laughs> looks at her and is like, nope. And like runs off. He's totally done. He's done. He wants an apology. She gave a half-ass apology. He kind of looked at her and was like, nope, not good enough. And ran off again. Can we just say too with Laura and Bandit, like, the weight of the world is always on this kid. Of course. Like, I can see how why you relate to her. Yeah. She's just, like, crushed. She sits down. She's, like, crushed at the weight of the world with this whole bandit thing. Yep. Weight like, every world. other kid is just living their normal life. And Laura's, mm-hmm. like, always got some friggin' heavy drama on her. Which was me. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yep. The people are gathering for church, Jen, and they're walking right past Kezia. She's the packing her shit up. Hypocrisy is startling. <sighs> Jonathan, we see him. He's all healed up. He gives her a thumbs up. She leaves. We see her leave. Cut to the Christians singing a hymn after they just threw a mentally ill old woman out of town. 
Then my social justice warrior decides to come in and interrupt mass. Laura gets up at that pulpit and she's like, listen, fuckers, we can't let this happen. This cannot happen. And then Reverend Alden joins in and he starts what I'm calling now scripture, scripture shaming them. Yes. Right. Yes. He picks yep. the right scripture to shame them. Yep. Harriet's sticking to her guns, but this time she's outnumbered. Yep. yep. The cheese stands alone. The cheese stands alone. The town loads up their wagons and track her down, track the lady down on the road. Keys you see a little, you, could, you saw it from a distance, but it was kind of hero modey. Little hero modey. <laughs> and I love how they throw like a bunch of kids in the back of the wagon. <laughs> 200 miles an hour down the road. And I just wrote, this is dumb. <laughs> there was a voiceover though. There was the a voiceover. Yes. The voiceover from Laura tells us that Kezia came back to town, stayed with us till the end of her days. Where was she? We never saw her. We again. never saw her again. Yep. And Bandit did too. Yeah. I have a question. You have a lonely, old, clearly mentally ill woman. Is she mentally ill, though? Like, is she really mentally ill? She's mentally ill. She thinks there's a house around her. I don't think she thinks that, though. I don't think she believes that. Like, I I don't think that. I think she's eccentric. Like, I don't think that she's doesn't understand that there's not a house there. So why is she doing that? Because they said something about it. Like Laura said something. She's like, you know, you're fine here without a roof. Like she knows she's not in a house. She's not, she's not delusional. She's not delusional. All right. Like she doesn't think she's in a house. She knows there's no house there. So I think she's just eccentric. Okay. Um, So my thought is put her in Mr. Edwards old bachelor shack. Otherwise known as the tick fever. Uh, hospital the tick fever okay <laughs> whatever it's called <laughs> mountain fever um and give her bandit boom problem solved yeah get rid of all the she has bandit wrong. she's living in the bachelor shack i don't know if the crow likes bandit though well the crow could learn to like bandit i don't know all right so jenny at the end of every episode i ask you the same question whose fault is this this feels like jack's fault Ooh, for dying? (laughs) Come on. I got to blame him one last time. This is it. Okay, but Jack cannot be held responsible for the town people kicking Keezy out of town. No, I guess not. I can't find a way to tie him to that. I'm going to blame public enemy number one, Reverend Alden. You put your fucking nose in everybody's business, except now you're going to suddenly it's a democracy and you're going to let Harriet decide. Oh, and he talks about like, I don't want to, you know, just like piss off the people of the congregation. But what are they going to do? Go to another church? Right. What's Caroline going to do? Not bake a pie for you? Yeah, like, come on, man. Is just Harriet going to withhold her $3 they're, donation? They're the sheep. You're the shepherd. Tell them what to do. Yeah, it was really. That's he, why they're there. He really fucked up again. Thanks, Rev. Yeah. This this was the exact situation that he could write. Yeah. This is totally in his yeah. domain to fix. Yeah. Instead yeah. of trying to keep attempted rapist Gallander brothers. Yeah. Yeah. He fought down. tooth and nail for them. He literally almost fought them. I don't understand. <laughs> Remember, he went to their house and they were all threatening. Right. Okay, Jen. So at the end of every episode, we look back on the show and think of a theme or a lesson that we learned and we call it our why and it's designed to finish the sentence gen x this is why so jenny i'm gonna go first good my why is shallow 
So is mine, I think. Oh, great. You know, there wasn't a lot to dig into in this episode. (laughs) I'm just going to say, this is why Border Collies are the best dogs. Done. Mine's about dogs, too. Done, done, done. This is why I will never, ever, ever, ever get a dog. I don't Every think time, dog would want to be your dog. There's a moment in time when I'm like, I might want a dog someday. Like, not what you know, I when I'm see you with like a little Yorkie. I would get like a Yorkie or something. Mm-hmm. There's there is the best Yorkie on Instagram, Popeye the York, Poppy the Popeye the Foodie. The, mm-hmm. I want that freaking dog. He's I will so kidnap cute. that dog if I see him. Yeah. A dog is very needy though. You would not do well with I that. I would hate that. I would hate that. They have to be super independent dog. Except Nellie. Nellie's super independent. She you still needs to be let outside, though. She or does. Walked. They just opened the door. Or walked. Yeah. I Can't do, do that. Here. You but walk but I like to walk. So I like to, sense. but I like to walk when I like to walk. I don't like to walk at 7 a.m. And that's like when they have to go out. Nellie would sleep till noon. <laughs> Nellie might be the perfect dog for me. <laughs> You've seen her in action. All she yeah. does is lay on the couch. Yeah, and I used to be irritated by her, and then he got freaking Lafayette Beetle. Aww. And I'm like, that is awful. That thing is crazy. He's so cute. I said to Timmy last night, we have a daughter who's kind of like a Carl's Jr. I said, I would not be surprised <laughs> if I went down the hallway and in her room, she was lighting off fireworks. And, <laughs> and if Lafayette Beetle wasn't in there with her. Yeah, he would be right in on that. Like loving it, loving it, loving it. All right, Jenny, why don't you tell everybody what do we have coming up next? When Charles, okay, episode two, we're going to do times of change. When Charles gets the opportunity to visit Chicago on business, he hopes it turns into a romantic getaway for Carolyn and himself. But he ends up escorting Mary, who longs to visit her fiancé, John. As father and daughter navigate the city that is very different from their simple walnut grove, unexpected revelations are on the way for both of them. Oh, my God. Wasn't this that the city they were in for, didn't they? Oh, they didn't go to Chicago for, for the operation. This right? is the perfect opportunity for Caroline to take him away, get him drunk. Whatever. Mary has to ruin everything. Okay. So, Jen, we have some reviews I want to read. And let me just tell everybody, thank you so much for leaving us some good reviews. We had some fucker leave us a one-star review, which we don't care about. But, like, say some words, dude. Let us know. Let us know why you're leaving a one-star review. I mean, I'm assuming it's because of Jenny. Yeah, probably. But, you know. I was was waiting for, like, my enemies to start leaving (laughs) one-star reviews. All right, so we have a new one from Gone Fishing 73, and they say, Awesome podcast. If you like Little House and Gen X movies and some history, you'll love this podcast. Brings back memories. Humor and Gen X with some sibling rivalry. Make it great. Five stars. Give it a lesson. Give it a listen. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Another right. one from a friend of ours, <laughs> and he says, Hilarious. Wow, this podcast brings back things I haven't thought about in years questionable little house episodes ding 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 the story behind the challenger disaster and a sprinkling of generational movies some of them really bad howard the duck these ladies cover it all and they're hilarious and insightful oh wait i read that wrong amy's in hilarious and insightful they truly capture much of what it's like being a gen xer never fail to make me laugh so this is a friend of mine for a long time Mm -hmm. and i worked on an independent film with him probably like 20 years ago now mm-hmm. and he was the director and I was the cinematographer. I remember that. And I, he's okay. Like he was a better director than Michael Landon, but like 
he's kind of like a Herzog-y kind of director. Like, hmm. they on the set, like, they're a little bit difficult to deal with. <laughs> there were some fits thrown. Okay. But it was it was a very cool artsy short film that we did. But okay, cool. We filmed it in Cape May. It was it was actually quite fun. I remember that. Yeah, there was there was a couple little tantrums thrown hmm. by you. So I know what it's like to deal with a director that's all all powerful. <laughs> Michael Lambden is the omniscient director. <laughs> well, he's all well. Okay, all right. This person was also the executive producer. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Okay, I don't think he was. We had a different producer, so there was there was somebody else to fight with. Okay, so season four, off to a kind of a dull start here. I mean, Jack did die. You were happy. I mean, season three started so strong with Johnny Cash. It's hard Ooh. to compare. It's hard to compare. Although we can argue that in both premieres, Reverend Alden was to blame for everything. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. So thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. Amy here. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really helps us to grow the podcast. If you'd like to support us, please consider joining our Patreon feed. Patreon.com slash Gen X. This is why. We're also on Facebook, and we have a Facebook group called the Mimi Bees, M-E-M-E-B. You can find this and all other information, including an email address for contact, at www.genxthisiswhy.com. Thanks so much, and thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.